0: Briefly, we want to let you know that you'll find the most current legislative updates at the end of this program and after the presentations. Veterans Day, November eleventh, 2021. Honoring All Who Served.
1: Hey, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us this evening. As, as I look out here, just very, very humbled and honored for everyone that took the time out of your, your schedules to join us here today. Uh, please join me in a round of applause for Emelyn and the Vance Choir. <laughs> Emily Marino has been the Vance Choir Director since 2009. Uh, she's a performing artist uh, with an MA degree in ethnomusicology. See, Emily, I actually pronounced it correctly, right? So she's involved. She's involved with both military and civilian, and secular and religious uh, communities in the United States and abroad. Ladies and gentlemen, I would ask you to look here on this front row. Here we have a couple of gold star wives that have been escorted in by the color guard. Ladies, you grace us with your presence. You honor us by being here today with your participation. Uh, you, I can't imagine the loss in the pain, in the anguish, but what I would like for you to know is that uh, they're not forgotten. Uh, Their legacy and the spirit lives on. So thanks so much for joining us here this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause, please. Good morning. On behalf of the Veterans Association of North County, uh, which I'll refer to probably throughout the program as, as Vance, because that's what Lori tells me to do, and I follow orders from Lori. So uh, we welcome you today to our Veterans Day Ceremony. And as we know every day is Veterans Day, but I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be today than with you here today at the Vance Resource Center. And if the good Lord were to come down today and take me home, I'm doing what I want to do with who I want to do it with and where I want to be. You know, I've read somewhere that the definition of a veteran, whether active duty, Retired National Guard or Reserve is someone who at some point in their life wrote a blank check made payable to the United States of America for an amount up to including their life. So I'd ask you to let that sink in for a little bit. My name is Frank Poley. I'm a retired but not expired, uh, still quite active as Sergeant Major of Marines who was blessed and honored to serve 30 plus years in our beloved Corps. I serve on the Vance board, and somehow I've been designated as the duty narrator. Uh, I have no idea why, other than I am the youngest. And to be quite honest, if you take a look at some of the other male board members, I'm the most handsome. I am often confused with some very handsome, macho movie star types. Uh, Bruce Willis comes to mind. She said, yes, thank you. Uh, Sean Connery in his younger days, God rest his soul. She said, "Oh yeah." Uh, Vin Diesel and Michael Bolton, to name a few. Uh, but then somebody called me aside today. It might have been Chuck. I don't know. He goes, "No, I think you look more like Uncle Fester on Adam's Family." So uh, that's just how they bring you down. <laughs> they recruit you in here, and then they bring you back down. You know. So. Uh, you know I, I really wanted to wear my dress blues today here and match the color guard and uh the commanding officer uh, Colonel Whitley and and the chaplain but I'm finding now that I'm in a retired status I'm I'm more like today's economy is my hair is in recession and my waist is inflated so uh <laughs> so I'm not fitting in the uniform much anymore uh seriously I'm honored that Lori uh invited I mean drafted me uh <laughs> to be the narrator Uh, I asked her to ask Chuck Atkinson, our president, if that was a wise decision because I really thought that Lori was taking an unnecessary risk by having a retired sergeant major uh, front and center on a stage with a working microphone, a captive audience, and no clock in sight. It's pretty scary, huh? Well, probably the only thing scarier is is a private with a duty belt or a second lieutenant with a compass. Those are pretty scary as well. Lori again, I appreciate this opportunity. And before we begin, I would ask that you take time to turn off all electronic devices, those things that are called uh, smartphones, dumb phones, down phones, iPhones, iPads, iPods, all those things. Please turn those off as not to interfere with the ceremony. I want to personally thank the Vance Board of Directors that are here today and all the, the cadre of volunteers for all that you've done and continue to do. We also have a, a VIP here today. We have Mrs. Janet Chen. Ms. Janet Chin. She's the district director for the assembly member, uh, Tasha, born at Harvard. So thanks for being here today, ma'am. Also, I have to say this right here, ladies and gentlemen, so please bear with me. Has anyone here ever heard of a place called Short Pump, Virginia? No one's ever heard of Short Pump, Virginia, right? Now, whoever, who would have ever thought that a young boy from Short Pump, Virginia who was almost a spelling bee champion for his class, I said almost, almost a spelling bee would go on to serve in the Coast Guard, Marine Corps, and Air Force. He really couldn't make up his mind, had some decision-making issues, I think. But, uh, But he would go on to become a San Diego, California Veteran of the Year, receive a Lifetime Achievement Award. And while there was a collaboration, consensus, and a labor of love for the entire uh, evolution, if you will, become the champion and the crusader for this awesome facility and resources here that we provide, that we call Vance. Chuck, I would ask you to stand, sir. And ladies and gentlemen, please join me in a warm round of applause as we show our gratitude to a richly deserving, a richly deserving and inspirational leader, that we all try to emulate Chuck, the founder of Vance, Mr. Chuck Atkinson. None of this would have been possible without Chuck and his vision and tenacity and perseverance. When others resisted, Chuck persisted. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, Lieutenant Commander Buster Williams, U.S. Navy Chaplain Corps, graciously accepted our invitation to provide today's invocation.
0: Sir, would you do this honor, please? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, today we bow our heads before you to give you thanks for all of your blessings. We thank you for the great privilege we have to be living here in this amazing country, which has been blessed by you to become a pillar for freedom throughout the world. Since those fateful days of our founding, when patriots and lovers of freedom declared to the world that they would not live under the tyranny of King George, they would not sit back and allow their God given freedoms. To continuously be violated by those civil leaders who refused to recognize and uphold their basic rights. These Americans volunteered in droves across the land to fight for freedom, and a new nation was founded based upon the principles of the inalienable rights of the people, which government is obligated to respect and uphold, like freedom of religion, freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, and all the other rights delineated in the U.S. Constitution. Now, for over 246 years, Our countrymen and countrywomen have served in our military services to maintain and protect these freedoms. When freedom has been attacked, whether from Nazis in Germany, communists trying to take over the world, or terrorists from the Middle East, the American service member has always responded with a willingness to fight for freedom, not only for ourselves, but for our allies around the world. For these veterans understood that as President Reagan once said, freedom is one generation away from extinction. And so today, we give you thanks For all those who have served in our military and those who continue to serve our great country, bless them and bless their families. Grant that our country might have a renewed love for freedom, an ever-growing appreciation for those who have served in our military, and a renewed commitment to preserving the great Constitution that every service member takes an oath to defend. Holy Scripture reminds us that every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So we look to you now, the great grantor of freedom and every good blessing, to especially bless this ceremony as we honor all our veterans, honor our country, and honor you for granting these blessings to us. Bless us now, we pray in your holy name. Amen. Thank you so much. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, I would ask that
1: you please rise and remain standing for the presentation of the colors, our Pledge of Allegiance, and our national anthem. Today's color guard is from Headquarters and Support Battalion, Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton. The color sergeant is Sergeant Shue from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. March on the colors. In 1942, the Pledge of Allegiance was adopted by the US Congress, a pledge of 31 words that capture our duty and our pride as citizens. We say it together this morning with special reverence as we salute all those who wore the cloth of our nation and took a solemn oath to support and defend our Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. Eve Asby will now lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance followed by our national anthem. Eve enjoys serving the country and giving back to the community by singing the National Anthem at special events such as this. She and her daughter, Erica, began doing this when Erica was only eight years old at the Invitation of Vance. Now Erica is skydiving today, I think, uh, <laughs> and Eve is here solo. Now we miss Erica, but we're equally thrilled and appreciative that you were here today with us, Eve, along with Happy. All right, Eve Nasby.
2: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Oh, say can you see
1: Tired of the colors, ladies and gentlemen. A round of applause for the color guard. Thank you. Please be seated. If I, if I could just back up one second here, as, uh, earlier I announced a VIP and I was a little bit remiss. And someone I really want to recognize as well as a, a three war veteran here that's 94 years young is retired Sergeant Major Marty Vasquez. Marty, would you please stand, please? Marty Vasquez, please. Marty's a mentor in 1st Marine Division Association and learned so much from him, and we aspire to be like you too, Marty, when I get to be 54 years old, okay, like you. <laughs> right, you. Our keynote speaker today is Colonel Daniel M. Whitley, the commanding officer of Headquarters and Support Battalion, Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton. I'm going to read some experts, uh, excerpts of his bio, but before I do is the colonel and I have a lot in common. We have a lot of similarities. I mean, we've got the same kind of haircut almost. Going on a little bit, Uh, we're both artillery, fire mission, you know, so change over to powder. Um, Started out with echo battery or 211, so did I. He was in 97 and I was in 77. I did a tour down at, it's a couple of years difference, Uh, did a tour down at the depot. He was a series commander. I was a series gunnery sergeant, uh, later company commander, and I was company first sergeant. So we had that in common. Uh, He's an officer. I'm an officer, non-commissioned officer, and a non-commissioned officer, non, an officer in a non-commissioned status, uh, who's on recruiting duty in our home states. Uh, his was from New York, and mine was in Tennessee. So there's a lot of similarities there. And so I'm a, <laughs> lots of them. And we're both very, very handsome. I mean, you just look over here on that front row. So uh, he was born in New York. Uh, commissioned a second lieutenant in May of '97 after graduating from Trenton State, Trenton State College with a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice. He attended the Field Artillery School in Fort Seal, Oklahoma. I went to the basic non-commissioned officer course in Fort Seal sir. Uh, <coughs> he was assigned to 2nd Battalion, 11th of Marines. Uh, during this tour, Lieutenant Whitley served as a fire direction officer, the liaison officer for Kilo Battery 312, uh, out of 29 Palms, uh, and as an executive officer for Fox Battery 211 completing two uh, deployments to Okinawa, Japan with the 31st Mule. A reported MCRD San Diego is a series commander, company commander, and assistant depot inspector. Attended the field artillery captain's course at Fort Sill. Again, subsequently assigned to 1st Battalion, 11th Marines, again here at Camp Pendleton. And while at 1st Battalion, 11th Marines, he has served as the assistant operation officer and fire support coordinator for the 1st Marine Regiment. He was deployed in support of Oka- Operation Iraqi Freedom, Fort tac 6 as the fire support coordinator for Task Force 2-TAC-2. Upon returning to CONUS, he commanded Battery C and also served as the operation officer for 1st Battalion, 11th Marines. Major Whitley deployed as the operation in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, 6-TAC-8. He was also the commanding officer of recruiting station in Albany, New York from June of 2008 to 2011, June of 2011. He assumed the duties of the executive officer for 2nd Battalion, 11th Marines in July of 2011 and deployed in that capacity in support of Operation Enduring Freedom to Afghanistan. From June 2012 to April 2014, he served as the Operation Officer, the Executive Officer, and the Logistics Officer for the 11th Marines Regiment, the Cannon Cockers. Colonel Whitley earned a Master's uh, master's, arm, uh, master's uh, a Degree in Human Behavior from National Defense University in 2004. Personal decorations include the Bronze Star, Meritor Service Medal with the Gold Star, Navy Marine Corps Accommodation Medal, Navy Marine Corps Achievement Medal, Army Achievement Medal, and the Combat Action Ribbon. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's my distinct pleasure to introduce the CEO of H Battalion Marine Corps Base Count Pendleton Colonel Daniel M.
3: Whitley. Thanks sir. Uh, first, thanks, Sergeant Major, for that uh, warm welcome. <clears throat> I will go on record as saying, you know, me being from New York and him from Tennessee, we probably speak a different form of English. Um, so <laughs> I, I may need a translator here so he can understand what I'm about to say. Yes, sir. Um, but but up front, I want to thank Lori and, and the crew here at Vance for having me out here today. It's great to be amongst you here today. Uh, Especially for us, you know, during the pandemic, you know, these large gatherings are kind of frowned upon. Uh, So especially as we come up on the Marine Corps birthday season, the birthday balls are not happening. Uh, So for the Marines I have in the audience, I want to wish you an early happy birthday uh, because we will not be able to gather here uh, in a traditional fashion for the Marine Corps mall. Um, I think, you know, being amongst this group here, uh, the meaning and significance of Veterans Day is clearly not lost on this audience. I want to give special recognition to our Gold Star families that are here. Uh, We can never... Repay you for the debt that the nation owes to you. So, I want to thank you for your sacrifices, and also to all the veterans organizations and those who support our veterans and our active duty force that are here with us today. You know, as we gather here to celebrate Veterans Day, uh, outside of the time off that we get from work, uh, time we get to spend with family, a lot of us know that this day has a much greater meaning. Uh, and for those of us that have or currently wear the cloth of the nation, it means much more and often has a very personal significance, especially for those of us who are deployed in combat. Before I touch on, on some of the, the key points of what our veterans have done across the ages, I just want to, you know, relate some personal experiences that I think a lot of people in this room could probably relate to of a shared experience we all have, which I think kind of sets some uh, veterans apart from our civilian counterparts. If you think back to when, when you got shipped off to whether it was recruit training, officer training, whatever the case may be, you know, they basically took you out of your hometown, shipped you off to some far-distance place, whether it was one of the Marine Corps recruit depots and one of the Army basic training centers or the Navy training centers, et cetera, they got you there they probably shaved your hair real quickly uh, moved you by cattle car or some kind of other inhumane mode of transportation to a squad bay they put you in a squad bay with 50 60 70 80 other individuals from all all different parts of the country and if you were like me I'm standing there online standing across from my new best friends thinking who are these people and what am I doing here okay so if you look around amongst that group you've got you got the Italian kid from Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. You've got the black kid from Chicago. you got the Asian kid from Atlanta. And you throw all these people together, you put them in some of the most you know, difficult and most challenging circumstances they've ever had in their lives and something good's supposed to become of it, okay? And it does, okay? So despite all the differences that they have, all those individuals come together and they find common ground, okay? And I think that's pretty remarkable. And when you look at it, despite their many differences, they're willing to go off to war and sometimes die for each other. And I will tell you, and I think a lot of you will agree, that's something that you rarely see in the civilian sector, and it's certainly not a prerequisite for success in corporate America. So that's just one way that sets our veterans apart from those who haven't served. And often when we think of our veterans, we often regale ourselves with uh, stories of the generations of Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen, that have fought at some historic places, places such as Belleau Wood, Normandy, Iwo Jima, Chosen Reservoir, and Way City. These generations of of service members that put it all on the line in defense of the greatest nation on earth are forever in our debt and forever part of the legacy of those that currently serve must uphold. These selfless Americans, our veterans, helped change the course of history. If not for our veterans, the borders of the European and Asian landscape would look drastically different. The economic prosperity, the safety and security of those who live within those borders would be unequivocally worse than what it is today. and the American way of life that we hold so dear would inevitably have been a victim as well. Much like our greatest generation that fought in World War II, so valiantly our current generation of veterans that most recently served in the global war on terrorism, where they fought in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, they displayed the same soldierly virtues as those that went before them who they were inspired by to serve. And in writing the most recent chapter of our nation's history, in soon-to-be historic places like Ramadi, Fallujah, Marja, they perform extraordinary acts of bravery and selfishness to a cause they have decided is bigger and more important than themselves. And that, like those that have gone before them, and some who paid the ultimate price for freedom in other far-off distant lands, America owes them a debt that can never be repaid for protecting everything that we hold dear. That any one of them could have done something more self-serving with their lives is obvious, but they chose to serve. To them it was more important to fulfill the most basic and cherished responsibility of a citizen, defense of one's country, than to see to their own immediate well-being. The legions of Americans that have faithfully served, fought for, and sometimes died for their country, I believe is the very best this country produces and they have put every American ahead of themselves every american owes them debt that can never be repaid particularly to our fallen brothers and sisters in arms but they don't expect payment because it's reward enough to have served their country and to have worn a uniform their pride their reward their legacy is one of selfless valor the country we live in the way we live our lives the mutual respect service members have for each other and the very freedoms our countrymen frequently take for granted and while serving and fighting and sometimes dying for us they are profoundly step forward when so many others never even consider it. Proud that by this one very personal decision, to serve a cause high to themselves, regardless of the outcome to them personally, they answer the often asked questions of, if not me, who? If not now, when? The fear of over there, or overseas, or in the fight, is routinely all-consuming and constant for our service members serving, particularly during time of war. But they push through it, and they do their duty regardless of the danger because that is what every service member that ever came before them did and they know it. And for us Marines, we go because of the legends who wore the eagle lobe and anchor long before they were born and who's upon whose shoulders they stand a proud and illustrious history that traces back this year, 246 years to before the birth of the Republic. They go because they are Marines and they go because of each other. Our history is replete with stories of our veterans' selfless service and sacrifice, a lifestyle they often chose in order to eliminate those who threaten the way of life that we hold so dear. Not only did our veterans serve to protect our nation's own interests, they often sacrificed to serve the interests of our allies and to help provide a better life whenever and wherever the rights of man were threatened. It's important to note that the term veteran, I think at least, is generation agnostic. In fact, being a veteran in many ways is its own very own cohort. If you look across the ages, whether you're talking about those that fought at Bella Wood or our most recent generation of veterans from the global war on terrorism, you will find that they are all imbued with the same fighting spirit and they've all acquitted themselves equally well in battle. Whether our veterans served during times of conflict or times of peace is not important. The significance of their service is that they chose the path less traveled and decided they wanted to dedicate a portion of their adult lives to a higher calling, to something bigger than themselves. Whether it was four years or 40 years, during peacetime or conflict is irrelevant. Some got called into the game to go fight, some didn't. Regardless, our veterans chose to serve, and they serve for the greater good, the cui bono. And for that, our nation is forever grateful. Now, speaking of the, the greater good, I want to relate a couple personal stories of how I think puts into context some of the global impact our veteran actions have had across the ages. First personal story, I was working in the Pentagon, uh, and I had an opportunity to work with a lot of different organizations, but one of the organizations I got to work with was the Joint Warfare Analysis Center, uh, and they did a lot of weaponeering work for us, and we had a government civilian down there, never served, he was a civilian, uh, but he did a lot of work for us on some special munitions that most people in this room never even heard of because they're, they're so highly classified. But as my time in the Pentagon was coming up and I was getting ready to leave, he came up to the Pentagon because he wanted to see me off. So I go out in the hallway in the Pentagon. If you've ever been in the Pentagon, it's a pretty busy place. So I'm out there in the second floor in the 700 corridor near the Apex, and it's like Grand Central Station. There's a lot of people coming and going. So I'm out there, and he's, he gives me a little gift, and he basically asks me. He's like, sir, did, did I do good for you? And he starts crying. Okay, so mind you, you got a Marine colonel sitting in the hallway, a civilian standing in front of him, and people walking got by going, I told you, those Marines are assholes. Um, so... That's what it looked like, but the the truth be told, that civilian I was talking to was a Vietnamese-American, okay? So he was evacuated out of Saigon by Marines at a very young age, okay? His father was a diplomat. He was there, and they held out till the very end, Um, and he wound up getting evacuated on a helicopter by the Marines. Um, Still stays in touch with the Marine major who was the liaison to the embassy there, Uh, and he is forever indebted to Marines for rescuing him. And he's sitting there in front of me, breaking down, just hoping he did a good enough job for me because I'm a Marine and that he owes his life to the Marines that helped give him a better life. Recounting how his friends, you know, are much worse off than he is. He only had the courage to go back at a much older age and to see, you know, how the country transformed, but how he had a much better life and opportunities that his friends didn't have. So I just throw that out there to you that even though something that looks like it's a strategic loss, which it was, That the marines sailors soldiers and admirers that served there had a profound impact on hundreds and thousands of individuals okay now fast forward a generation to afghanistan places that myself and many others in my generation got a chance to serve Uh, i was fortunate to serve with with some great afghans we had a lot of afghans that worked for us as interpreters Um, and my interpreter was a very uh, young man at the time um, did multiple tours many years there serving marines i was fortunate enough to be able to bring him back uh, to the States, where he got his citizenship. Uh, and as well, myself and some other veterans that are long out of the service, helped sponsor him and his family and got them out of the country. Uh, him, his mother, and his seven siblings. His father was killed by the Taliban. His youngest son was held hostage by the Taliban. They had to pay a ransom to get him back uh, just before they were able to exit the country. But two months ago, I had the, the great honor to go to his wedding up in the San Fran area, where I got to see the whole family. And they came up to me and thanked me you know, for what we did helping them get out of the country. There are a lot of parallels that you can draw between the Vietnam experience and the Afghan experience. And as we all watched the news this past year, in the past few months, and watched what took place there, we had Marines from this very base here, Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton, that were serving over there. Some of them didn't come back from that. They were put up against some very, very difficult odds, uh, but they turned a bad situation into a success story. They were able to evacuate thousands of Afghans over here to the United States for a better life. So I just throw that out there to you just to show you that even though things may at at surface value seem like it, it was a loss, that there are a lot of good that came out of that, and that's due to our veterans and the impact that they've had and their commitment to the mission and those they were serving over there. So those are merely two examples of how our veterans have had a profound impact across the globe. Also, many of our veterans, while out of uniform, continue to serve their nation, and those still in uniform. Every day I get a chance to work on base with military retirees. Who are now government civilians, still serving their country, still serving Marines, sailors, soldiers, airmen that work alongside them and supporting the active duty force. Their experience and the continuity that they provide is, is invaluable to the mission and to our nation. As a military, we pride ourselves not only on winning our nation's battles, but also on developing quality citizens. For every veteran that continues to pay it forward to other service members, there are countless others that pay it forward in the civilian sector. Those that go off to serve as police officers, firemen, lawyers, and even CEOs. Their discipline, loyalty, resilience, and reliability that were ingrained in them in the service set them apart from their peers and make all of us proud who continue to wear the uniform. Luckily for us, you know, we could take solace in the fact that there are still young men and women that are willing to put aside their own self-interest in order to serve their country. Inspired by the selfless service of our veterans, both from the near and distant past, it is now their solemn duty to uphold the legacy that has been laid before them. In closing, as an active-duty Marine who is much closer to being a veteran than he is a recruit, uh, I want to thank all of our veterans for their selfless sacrifices to our nation and for your continued service to the force. It's been an honor to be in your ranks today. I thank you for spending this time with you today. I want to say happy Veterans Day and a happy early birthday to our Marines and Semper Fi.
1: Hey, sir, if, if you don't mind, if you could come back there and join us. Uh, here at Advance, we always like to recognize the guest speakers, so we dig very, very deep, you know, because we have a very, very limited budget here. So uh, so we've got a, a little goodie bag here. Uh, it says Vance here uh, for the colonel. And, sir, I, I know how much you respect me and you admire me. Uh, Sergeant Major Domstadt tells me this all the time. He, ju- he just he just does. So uh, what he asked me to do, sir, is that... Uh, I have some photos of me when I was on active duty, and so uh, this is as a division sergeant so major. This is on the drill field, so I can autograph these for you later on if you don't mind. So I dug deep for these, sir. So, so you can give one to Darmstadt, and one to you. So that's there, sir. sir the,
4: uh, that's the,
1: seriously, is. Is I spent seven years as a gunnery sergeant, so I'm still scrounging. So I ran across some simplified cologne. They don't make it anymore, sir. So this, this is good That's stuff, good. sir. No, this is good stuff. They don't make it anymore. And I can also autograph my business cards. That I gave. They're in here as well, sir. But on, on a serious note, is the. Um, the colonel served in Okinawa, deployed over in Okinawa, and one of the things I was able to do when I was there was to visit the place he mentioned earlier, is Mount Suribachi in Iwo Jima. So, sir, what I do have for you is some sands of Iwo Jima that I actually had collected when I was owning it, and I want to give that to you. Thanks, okay,
3: sir. Right. So, it's all here. Sir, You tell
1: Sergeant Darmstead, I got some for him too, all right? He'll be crying about it. How come you took her to Colonel and not me? Thank you, sir. Man. You know how you <laughs> did. Thanks so much. <laughs> oh, seriously, sir, thank you, sir, for your, your kind words and your, your service and your leadership and the inspiration. We, we remain grateful, sir, that you come out here, and we're always trying to bridge the gap between active duty and, um, and, and veterans. And like you said, uh, hopefully spend more time as a veteran than we do in uniform, you and, and the chaplain both, and, and the color guard. At this time, we respectfully request for the Vance chaplain, Walter Leverett, to come up and provide our benediction. And Walter's retired Navy chaplain is also often referred to as the singing chaplain. Uh, his beautiful baritone voice has added so much to the Vance choir. Walter has also released his own CD. Sir, if you could do the benediction, if you don't mind.
4: May we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we come to you thanking you for this day, thanking you for each and every person here, asking that, Lord, that you will continue to bless us, our going in, our coming out. And dear Lord, we pray that you will be with us as we depart this place going to our homes, going to our businesses. As we conclude this program, we ask that you be with us, abide with us, and continue to be with us in everything that we do. These things we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In your most blessed name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Emily and the Vance Choir will now perform the military service songs. Uh, Please stand and sound off when your respective service song is played. Mr. Chuck Atkinson, you know that you just remained standing for the entire (laughs) event. I I know we mentioned Army, but you're a soldier of the sea, so the Army said it was okay. So at this point, uh, thanks, Emily and the Vance Choir, please.
4: the prairies through the the oceans white
1: white with foam. foam Thanks, Emily, and the Vance Choir. Those stirring renditions were truly inspirational. I wish I could re-enlist. <coughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is concluding our ceremony, and before I do, I would like to remind that you know nowadays, it seems like there's a lot of cynical things out there in society, but there's so many things right about America, and today's events and people like you are what makes America, America. So, thanks again for your support, your cooperation and attendance. Please join me in another round of applause for all those who made today's event a reality.